did hear Neil Everett speak at the Oregon men's baseball uh, banquet last year. Funny guy. Can confirm. Funny guy. Good talker. Uh, how you doing, Quinn? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about classes earlier. Um, I do want to say this is my last term at Oregon. I'm, I'm graduating this term. Boo. We're going to miss you, man. Yeah, well, I, w- I do want to say I didn't think like, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, no one cares about classes. You discover a new level of not caring about class when you hit your last term. That is, it is a new level of not caring. I, I told this story earlier. Um, it was so we're in week five of the term out of ten. And last week, the teacher in one of my classes uh, was like, hey, I uh, want to, you know, everyone, let's talk about the, the reading from the textbook. What do you guys think? And no one raised their hand. It was, like, really awkward. And she kind of gave us a talking to. And she was like, hey, you know, when I give you guys reading from the textbook, you need to do the readings. Now I'm going to make this an assignment so everyone has to read it and write it down and turn it in. I'm telling you, I did not know we had a textbook in that class. Like, sincerely, I just had no clue we had. I think she had talked about it on multiple occasions. I know it was in the syllabus. Just nothing. Oh, that was good. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I had zero idea we had a textbook. It was a tough look for me, I'll be honest with you. I had to go home and say, okay, I need to put in at least the bare minimum of effort to, like, I can't afford to fail anything. I I need to pass everything. That's all that matters. So that's where I am with my classes right now. Um, you're a sophomore, Quinn? Yes, I am. And Ben, you're a junior? Yep. Let me tell you, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's, it's all downhill. Um, all righty then. Yeah, I just want to give you that warning now. It only gets worse. So let's talk uh, the Super Bowl. Um, we, t- we talked men's basketball, and now I want to talk Super Bowl. Um, these are, I would argue, the two worst teams to make the Super Bowl. Not as far as quality of play, <laughs> just as far as my emotional health. I just... I have no desire for either of these teams to win. Zero desire. I've been trying to hype myself into liking Christian McCaffrey more recently just to get myself in the mindset. I just, I can't. You don't have to care. Sometimes it's more fun that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I just, Detroit or, or Baltimore. Yeah, ha- Both one, of them. One of them had to come through, and neither of them did. I mean, Baltimore just didn't have a good game, and Detroit choked in the second half. Yeah, the 24-point lead really stings right now. 24-7 lead. And actually, yep. funny enough, back in 2013, the Niners also came back from a 24-7 lead for the conference title. Mm. And I just – yeah, I just, I'm just i just sick of it. I'm just Detroit, if, if Detroit won that game, that would have been the entire world rooting for Detroit in about half of Kansas City rooting for Kansas City. Um, but and all tough. the Swifties, don't forget. There, that is true. That is true. Um I guess I, I just want to talk on this. Well, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. We don't get to talk much professional sports here at KWA about it's the Super Bowl. Um, what do you think is going to decide the game, Ben? I think it is the turnover margin. Okay. Honestly, talk I think me through it. just pretty much whoever has the ball last is going to win unless somebody gets like two extra turnovers and can capitalize off of those turnovers. So okay. scoring off turnovers. I, I really think that quarterback play is going to be huge. And I think that I, the point I'm making is I don't, I don't see a world where Brock Purdy wins a game against Patrick Mahomes. And like I, I and it's the most obvious take in the world to say quarterback play matters. We all know how much the quarterback play matters. I'm not a Brock Purdy guy, but I, I know how good that Chiefs roster or that Niners roster is, excuse me. I just don't see a world where Brock Purdy outduels Patrick Mahomes. It would have to be like a Tampa Bay style game, if you remember that a couple of years ago when the yeah. Kansas City lost Tampa Bay, where the defense played like one of the greatest Super Bowl defensive performances ever. They rushed for, got pressure every time. Like, if that happens, I mean, maybe. The 49ers could do that, though. Like, the, the defense is that talented. Yeah. But I think that 
Kansas City's offensive line and also, offense is a lot better than they were that year. I also agree with you in the fact that Patrick Mahomes has experience. That is true. He's been here so many times. He's been to six conference championships yeah. and four Super Bowls. Crazy. Crazy. So And he's only twenty eight. Yeah. Crazy. He's three years older than me. <laughs> and he's been <laughs> he's been to six more Super Bowls than me. Thanks. <laughs> Then with the sound effects. Yeah, it's it's tough. Quinn, what do you think is going to decide the Super Bowl? It's going to be the, the, the first mistake, whether that's a turnover, whether that's going for it on fourth when you're not supposed to. <laughs> Dan Quinn. Uh, uh, Dan Campbell, excuse me, Dan Campbell. <laughs> Dan Quinn is now the commander. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh. <laughs> it's going to be something. It's, it, it's going to be what seems like the most minuscule thing that mm. I think is going to decide it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a world where it's a narrow margin. I, again, I, I would pick the Chiefs all day, honestly, which I, I'm not happy saying, but I would. They're underdogs, according again, to betting. I think it's the dumbest. I think they're going to win. Going betting is just – betting's weird. I mean, I'm from the Bay. I love the 49ers. I would love for, for like, them to be the favorite, but I'm not putting my expectations yeah. up like that. I'm not either, again, because of the Brock Purdy thing. However, if I were to paint, like, a picture where the Niners win this game, it's the defense plays an elite performance and – Kansas City's wide receiver problems finally catch up with them. Because if you remember all regular season, yeah, <laughs> all regular season, the, the wideouts were the biggest concern. But for whatever reason, part of it because Patrick Holmes is that good, part of it's because luck, the past three games versus the Dolphins, versus the Bills, versus the Ravens, the wide receivers have played fine. Not great. MVS played has played, actually, he's had a lot of deep balls that he didn't drop. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, Rice has played really well. Rasheed Rice has played nice. Uh, Travis Kelsey has really turned it on. Um, so I think that there's a world where, like, the Niners figure out how to t- stop Kelsey, and the receivers just finally catches up with them, and th- the wheels just come off. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. I, I already said I'm going to pick Kansas City all day. Quinn, you kind of talked about what do you think is going to happen if you to predict this one? Well, I mean, I'm not the kind of person to kind of just like, ooh, I predict right away. I mean, the things I would predict, I mean, I, I do think that the Niners are definitely going to try to put the pressure on everybody. I feel like the Niners, I would argue that the Niners are like the underdog in actuality. Obviously, I know <laughs> yeah. they're not in betting, but yeah. obviously the Chiefs, you have the established roster. You have Mahomes. You got Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But the Niners is definitely a less experienced championship squad. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think, Ben? Uh. I agree with both of you, and I just want to point out a fun fact that I saw earlier today. If Travis Kelsey gets 110 yards in this game, he'll be second all-time in Super Bowl receiving yards. <laughs> Who's first? Is it Jerry Rice? Is yeah, first? Jerry Rice is first in every postseason stat, essentially. But Jerry Rice has 549 receiving yards in Super Bowls. Well, that was only in four Super Bowls, right? Yeah. The next highest is 364. <laughs> wow. And Travis Kelsey is at, like, 257. So he needs 107 <laughs> or something to get to second Do you place. have who's second in front of you? Uh, I saw it on a TikTok earlier, earlier today, but it was uh, – Yeah, let's, I, I'm actually really curious. You should look that up because I'm actually really curious. But um, it is funny how many just random postseason – almost every receiving postseason category is held by Rice. Um, and it is – I, I love Tom Brady. I, I loved watching him. Um, it is sad watching a good chunk of his records get broken by Mahomes. Like the the Brady Gronk record was broken by Mahomes and Kelsey. Obviously, as far as pure volume goes, I mean Brady's gonna be hard to catch. What with nine Super Bowl appearances and seven wins, like that's gonna be tough. Um, but a lot of those stats are starting to get broken piece by piece. Um, 
Last thing I want to touch on this segment is uh, Brock Purdy. We talked about a lot on Monday, so we don't need to rehash it too much. But I got two new people with me, so I kind of want to hear your thoughts. Uh, it's so funny watching Brock Purdy play football where I get I told this story Monday. During that NFC Championship game, when the uh, Niners were making that comeback, my friend Paul messaged me and said, uh, I can't believe people still think Brock Purdy is an elite after this game. And I walked away with that game with the completely different takeaway, where I was like, I can't believe people think Brock Purdy's good at football after this game. It's He's such a polarizing athlete, where Paul and I watched the same game and came away with wildly different conclusions about Brock Purdy's ability to play football. What do you think, Ben? My question to that is, how much into effect do you take his draft position? I think that I don't think he's like terrible like subconsciously. Like, that is true. Subconsciously, if he was the first overall pick, I think you view him differently. And if he was like a top, if he was a lottery pick, and he comes in a seventeen-point comeback in the NFC Championship game, you'll be like, yeah, it's a different story. That's a smart pick. He's really good. <laughs> But because he's a seventh rounder. However, my, my counter to that is the reason he was a seventh rounder is because we watched him play football for four years at Iowa State. We have the body of work that, like, he's a mediocre quarterback. And then he's gone to the professional football league with a legitimate all star roster and he's played fine. My, my question to that, though, is what is. Is it his fault that he has a good roster? No, I don't think it's his fault. And, and I think that you have to add that as context, though. And if you, but like, to be an all-time great quarterback, you need to have the pieces to get you there. Like, I I do agree that like, with quarterbacks especially, so much of their success is based on what's around them. Like, would Patrick Mahomes be as good if he didn't have Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill back in the day? That is true. I I hear what you're saying. Would Tom Brady be as good if he didn't have Randy Moss early or if he didn't have Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski for the later years? I hear what you're saying. I think that you have to account for eye test too. Well, I think if you took Patrick Holmes and put him on, I don't know, the Jaguars or something, a a middle-of-the-road to bottom-of-the-road team, he'd still be great. He wouldn't be as much of a winner. I think if you took Brock Purdy and put him on the Jaguars, you put him on – um, the Cardinals or something, I think he would be benched. That's my take. Quinn, what do you think? That is very interesting, and it's so hard to predict. Because, I mean, yeah. it, having a good throw means nothing if you don't get anyone to catch it for you. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's, sometimes it's that simple where it comes down to who you have catching it. Like Garoppolo, like obviously he's benched at the Raiders. Yeah. He was, he was the Super Bowl quarterback for the Niners in 2020, which we're seeing a repeat of that matchup again. And obviously, again, like, he's nowhere to be seen anymore. Yeah, I, I'll never forget him overthrowing uh, whoever that receiver. I totally forget who that was. That killed me. That, I do, you, do you want to talk about, Ben, that overthrow deep in the Super Bowl late in that fourth quarter? He had the guy open for a touchdown and just, just sailed it. I do get your saying, though, Ben, so much of a quarterback success is based on what's around him. And it, I just – Like, I understand that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the best wide receiver core this year, but he still has his go-to target. He still has Kelsey in that – Obviously, he's Andy Reid, which is yes. such an underrated aspect. He has the offensive line, which has played really well. The defense is crazy good. I, mean, I think the Niners' defense is better, but the, the, the Chiefs' defense is still So, like, good. the top two or three defenses in the league. Yeah, they're both really talented defenses. Also, I have the top ten receivers in Super Bowl history. All right. Is Edelman top five? Yes. Okay. He's number four. Oh, okay. All okay. right. 
Who's number? So you said number one was Jerry Rice. Yes. Number three was Kelsey. You said right? No, Kelsey okay. is number nine, but only needs 107 yards to oh, get to so number two. They're all tightly bunched. Yeah. Okay. Who's number two? Uh, Lynn Swan is tied with somebody. Do I get a team? What? Do I get a team? We mentioned him in the last three minutes. Gronk? Yeah. Really? I didn't realize he was all the way up there receiving yards. He has 364 receiving yards. That's oh, he's incredible. on the nose tied with Lynn Swan? Yeah. That's crazy. And then Edelman has 337 and is number four. Number five, never won a Super Bowl, but has been to a lot of them. Never won, but has been oh, to a like lot. Recent player? No. Not mm. not 21st century. Was he on the Bills squad that yes. went to four straight? Ah, uh, who's their leading receiver? Um, I don't remember. It's Andre Reed. Andre Reed. Wow. And then early 2000s uh, Patriots is number six. Okay. Was it, uh, was it Moss only went to one Super Bowl yeah, with them, Yeah, not right? Moss. Uh, not Tro- uh, Troy uh, something. No, I got nothing. It's Dion Branch. Okay. And then number seven, you wouldn't think would have a lot, just but he... You wouldn't think would have a lot. It's a, a rough thing to say about a guy. I mean... <laughs> Think about the who was the last player on the 2010s Patriots like wide receivers. Um, I don't know because I'm terrible at trivia. I keep going back to uh, Moss only with him at that one year, uh, not Deion Branch because you already mentioned him. I know there's a Troy Brown there somewhere, um, but uh, yeah, I got nothing for you. It's Danny Amendola. Like you wouldn't think that he would no, have 278 reception yards in the Super Bowl. Who was that? Um, that same. Uh, Patriots squad. His name was Kevin, receiver. Kevin, was it Kevin Hogan? Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. He went on former, to play lacrosse. Yeah, I was going to say, former lacrosse player, and then went to go play. He was a college lacrosse yeah, player. And then at, went back at to go. Penn State. Yeah, and then went back to go play lacrosse. And then number eight. I don't eight, know why I know that. You probably won't get, because it's John <laughs> Stallworth. Yeah, I would have never gotten that. And then, as I said, number nine is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And number 10 is a cowboy. Is it Cowboys? Um, I almost said Troy Aikman. It was the first name I came to my mind. <laughs> Not Troy Aikman. No, but um, on that team. Yeah, Michael Irvin. Yeah. Nice. The, how many Super Bowls? Did, was it three Super Bowls? Yeah. Crazy. So, so that yeah. averages to what, like 93 or something yards a Super Bowl? Yeah, he had 256. So, mm. okay. Oh, no, so that's like 80-ish. Yeah, 80-ish. like 80, high 80s. Yeah, so, but I mean, it. To get from 10 to 2, you need 109 yards. But to get from 2 to 1, you need 225. Wow. Fun fact, there has never been – I double-checked this. There's never been a punt return for a touchdown in Super Bowl. There was a kick return. Kick return, but never a punt return. Jacoby Jones. That's right. And the other one I wanted to throw out there, I just found this out. There's never been a 7-yard rush touchdown in Super Bowl. Seven specifically. There's never been a seven-yard rush touchdown. All right, the Niners better win it with a seven-one <laughs> this year and a punt return touchdown. There's also never been a receiving touchdown or rushing touchdown, I believe, by an Alabama player in the Super Bowl. That's right. An Alabama player's never scored a uh, point yeah. in a Super Bowl. But, like, wow. They've been quarterback, but not actually gone into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. As far as yeah, receivers or yeah. returners or rushers. <laughs> Crazy stat. Crazy stat. We did a fun one on Monday. Can you name the three Oregon players on a Super Bowl roster? This year? Yeah. It's Diamond Lador. Yep. Uh It's Eric Armstead. Yep. And who's the last one? It's uh, a name you'll never, ever get. It's uh, He was on uh, – I'll play this game with you because I played with it on, on um, Monday as well. He's a cornerback. He was on the Mariota Ducks. He's been on seven teams. 
He's on the 49ers roster, but I don't think he's active. Then no. Yeah, uh, Terrence Mitchell, cornerback Terrence Mitchell. I, I've heard that because I've been seeing like the like Oregon football yeah. post. Yeah. Whoever. He, uh, he was the starting left corner. He finished his collegiate career with 38 starts, 144 tackles, seven picks, um, and he's 10th in school history with passes defended with 25. Shout out Oregon legend Terrence Mitchell. But I I knew Diamond. They're all on the 49ers. Yeah, all three of the 49ers. I don't I can I don't think he's active on the roster. That's um, actually wild though. All on the 49ers. Hey, yeah, that no gives me more reason. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we're all rooting for the 49ers. Hey, uh, you want some you want some ducks to win? And actually, so Eric Armstead is seen by many as a dark horse for this year's Super Bowl. Mm, MVP, Super Bowl MVP trophy. That'd be fun. Not even like for MVP specifically, but someone who could really turn it on mm. and potentially win it for the Niners if that were to be the situation. That would be really fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, we're running out of time for this one. So we're going to take one more break here on KWVA. And uh, we're going to talk women's basketball when we come back. They've been having a tough stretch, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to talk to them, and then we're going to wrap up, get out of here in about 19 minutes. But thanks for listening here on KWVA 88.1 FM, Oregon Student Radio. KWVA. Dolly Parton's Imagination Library is dedicated to inspiring a love of reading. The organization achieves this by gifting books free of charge to children from birth to age five. The program spans five countries and gifts over one million free books each month to children around the world. If you want your child to receive free books, visit imaginationlibrary.com to check out availability in your area. Imagination Library. More American Indians live in poverty than any other racial or ethnic group. Since 1989, the American Indian College Fund has helped thousands of young men and women begin a path out of poverty as students at tribal colleges. As more American Indians see a college education as a way out of poverty, full-time college enrollment continues to rise, along with a continued need for support. Help a student, help a tribe. Learn more at tribalcollege.org. A public service message from the American Indian College Fund. Mike Rowe here with a gentle reminder that civilization is held together by pipes, wires, and cables. It's true. There are over 5 million miles of gas lines, power lines, fiber optic lines, water lines, and sewer lines all buried beneath your feet. And every 60 seconds, somebody digs into one. Look, if you're thinking about digging around, do yourself a favor and call 811 first just to find out what's down there. Trust me, you don't want to find out the hard way. Call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info. This is Travis Tyke, former assistant sports director at KWVA. Cheers! You're listening to Quack Smack. Welcome back for our last segment here on KWVA. We've talked Oregon men's basketball. We've talked Super Bowl. It's now time for women's basketball. It's been a tough stretch for the women's basketball team. Uh, they're on a five-game losing streak, and um, they've slipped under 500. And unfortunately for them, they play in the toughest conference for women's basketball. So if you look at their schedule, the next four games are all against ranked opponents. They started off 
um, with the number four ranked Colorado Buffaloes. It gets easier. Then they talk to that play the number twentieth ranked Utah Utes, and then they go into two top twenty teams in USC UCLA. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Um, and I think the thing that's most frustrating, Ben, I think we talked about a lot this week is. I think they played probably their best game of the season versus Oregon State. I mean, they fought the Beavers to the last, last minute and just came up short, lost by four. Uh, Oregon State, 18th ranked team. They're the ones who beat Colorado. Uh, really, really talented Beaver team. They've done that a lot recently. They were in it with Utah through the third quarter, and they came back and were within two against Colorado and then just fell apart. And they haven't been able to close it out. It's... That just, I, I, it's so I don't know what to say, but I unfortunately have to say this. I don't think they're winning another game. If you look at their schedule, they could they do have Washington and Washington State, which are both both of them have at least received votes in the top twenty five. And Cal is their only chance, and they already lost to them earlier. Uh, yeah, but they do get Cal at home, which yes. is nice. Um, right now, Washington, Washington State are not in the top twenty-five and not in the other receiving votes. So that that is the the silver lining. Yes, but that's also because they also play in the hardest conference and probably lost to some of these top teams. Yeah, and then they round out the year with Stanford, who's casually twenty and three on the year and got number they, six ranked. Yeah, number six ranked. Thanks. Yeah, they also with Stanford that was uh, Tara Vanderveer's tie for the record. Yeah of most wins by a collegiate coach in NCAA history. Just to put a bow on the uh, Washington, Washington State, uh, Oregon right now 86 in the net. Washington How are they State, still that high? <laughs> they, they, played really, <laughs> they played some tough opponents, that's, and they played them tight. Washington State 24th, uh, Washington 47th, um, and then California 65th. So all three teams above Oregon in the net. Um, as far as the Pac-12 rankings, Oregon's bottom two. Um, behind, uh, just ahead of Arizona State, right? That's right. Who's yeah. ten and twelve? Ooh, I gotta pull it up. Um, but I think that I don't know. I think it's a really frustrating year if you're a Duck fan for women's basketball. <laughs> I think that you get so close, and you feel like you're getting just you feel like you're right there, and they just haven't been able to pull it out. Okay, I mean, is there any one thing for you, Ben, or is it really just a collective like the offense kind of? stand still sometimes the defense can't get timely stops what stands out to you if you're looking for a reason i mean if you look at the game recently their most recent game of colorado yeah they scored four baskets in the first half yeah they started out really slow yeah it was i believe it was 11 points total yes the first half right you're right it was four for 17 41 41 to eight or sorry uh, sorry 31 to eight uh, at half. And they crawled back in. 31 it. to 11. 11. Thank you. I can't do any math. 31 to 11 and a half. And they crawled back into it. To their credit, they won that third quarter. Mm. Uh, they won the fourth quarter. They, they, they missed. <laughs> it's just tough to when you dig yourself that big of a hole. I think defensively, they've allowed 60 points in four of the last five games. And then the one they didn't allow 60 points, they had 58 to Utah. Um, sorry, five of their last six. Let's keep going back up the schedule. It's been, I don't know, and I think offensively they can really crater sometimes. Defensively they can't put together. And I'm listening to Kelly Graves' his interview um, after the game. He said, hey, they executed us. You know, we played well. We had great effort. Just executed. And I think it's just so frustrating. You know, this is probably like a pretty decent Oregon team. Not great, but decent. 
and they just have to go through a gauntlet where, you know, the last three teams they've played all ranked. The next four teams they play all ranked. And so they, they legitimately might go on a nine-game losing streak here. They're looking at that Washington-Washington State Cal stretch. is like you need to get a couple wins just to salvage the season. Um, yeah, go ahead, Quinn. I think another factor is also possessions. Because, mm. I mean, against Arizona on January 14th, they did win that game 70-68. to 68. However, there were 27 turnovers. Yeah. You could get away with that against Arizona. You're not getting away with that against Boulder, Utah, USC, UCLA, any more. None of these games, you can get away with that. Yeah. That they have coming up. The margin None. for error has, has decreased exponentially. And I was even shocked that they were managed to win the Arizona game with that many turnovers. Yeah, they really snuck that one out. And those Arizona-Arizona State wins, their, their two most recent wins, um, really kind of make everything look a little better because they lost three prior coming into that. They have 83 more turnovers than their opponents. They have mm. – what is that? Uh, they do have less personal fouls. Interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> but hey, they, they, they play, they'd play defense without fouling. Hey. They also have 73 less assists and almost 50 less steals. But lastly, they do have more blocks because they just have the height. Yeah, I was I do say the one of the the bright parts of this team has been Filipina Shea. She's played Definitely. out of her mind this year, averaging thirteen points a game, uh, twelve rebounds, averaging that double double. She's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, I believe she's gotten fifteen double doubles this. I think so. That sounds. I believe right to it's me. fifteen, and that's in twenty three games. So she's played out of her mind. She's one of been the bright spots. Um, Grace Van Sluten, kind of the de facto leader of this team. Chance Gray leading that backcourt. I think that's the the frustrating thing is they, they do have that starting lineup locked down. But the problem is they just do not have a bench rotation, Ben. They have four players averaging 29 minutes or more. Um, Philippine Shea averages 29.9. So if you round that up, they have four players averaging 30 minutes a game or more. And I just, I just don't think that they have any confidence that they can go to their bench at all. Do you get that sense? I definitely do get that sense of just, I mean, all of their bench is new. Yeah. Their entire bench is new. Yeah. They have Kennedy Basham, Chance Gray, Grace Van Sluten, and uh, Filipina Che returning from last year. Mm. If, I, if I'm missing somebody, let me know. But I don't think I am. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that it's concerning the talent turnover in this team. And we've had this conversation a lot of times this year, but just trying to figure out why this program can't retain the talent that they have. Last year in the transfer portal, it felt like an exodus. And in today's collegiate sport, you have to win the transfer portal. And I just don't know if they're doing that. Um, they've certainly been recruiting at a high level, and that's been fun to watch. But I, I'm really curious to see if there's a similar exodus in the transfer portal as there was last year as it feels like feels like it's been for the last couple of years yeah i just i think what hurt them originally was uh Peyton scott yeah that really hurt their depth first game first quarter what five minutes or something like that three minutes yeah in. but also bring up what quinn said uh filipina che has had a double double in seven of her last eight games Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, video game numbers get thrown a lot. Including a, lot. a 
16.18 rebound game, a 12.17 rebound game, a 19.16 rebound game, a what else is here? And then a little while ago she had a 20.18 rebound game. That's unbelievable. And these are all with like in 29 minutes in 33 minutes and yeah. I mean recently she's been playing more these last four games, 36, 38, 35, 36. And that wears on a team over the season. I think that's another thing is like it's just going to wear down. Yeah, they're playing their starting four so much against four <laughs> players averaging 30 plus minutes a game. And they just they just have no one else averages more than 16. I'm oh, sorry. Kendy Williams averages 17. I just think that that's, that's that's tough when you put that much wear and tear in your top four. Um, I do want to ask you again. I, I don't think this is necessarily a squad where you're looking for like a postseason push or anything like that. I do want to ask what do you guys think is going to be success over the, this weekend particularly. What this uh, weekend? Because again, they're going against two really good teams. Just got to keep it close. Keep it close. I think Colorado keep it close. Utah. I mean, that there's an upset there. It's got to be the Utah game. Colorado's so good. Yeah. But if if they kept it within striking distance, I'd feel a heck uh, of a lot better. If they're within single digits for most of the game, I'm fine with that. We're really parsing here. We're that like, would be unbelievable. <laughs> and I mean, I'll, I keep mean, it close. You guys talked about this also earlier, but I mean, also a full game of basketball. But when you're playing your starters that much and you don't have much of a bench, that's almost impossible to do yeah it'd be nice to see the bench develop a little bit just to give some sort of relief but i don't know i I just don't know i just don't know and for the entire season maybe two wins left left yeah i think and even that maybe maybe cal a little bit i think that if you pull off one ranked upset you're feeling great and you should beat cal at home should be cal Cal is good they're a Split. average team in the Pac-12, which means they're a good team overall. <laughs> <laughs> they're currently ranked. Oh, they're ranked tenth in the Pac-12. Oh, never mind. Them. Average. They're thirteen and ten the year. Yeah, thirteen ten. So, um, but I like, think that you sk- if you split with the Washington schools, you take Cal, and then you're looking for one win, one upset win. Yes, that's all you're looking for. Um, yeah, and I think that that and then consistency is something we're going to look for. Bench development. Um, but I think the real battle for this team is going to be in the offseason. Who stays and who do they bring in? And that's going to be interesting to watch how I just develops. I don't know how the four players returning from last year are going to fare. I think Filipina Che will stay because she has stayed. Yeah. This is her third season. The only player on this team to be here that long. Well, wow. she's the longest tenured player, huh? Yep. I she's, mean, she's my class. Hey, look at that. Hey. Nice. And that's like a sign of more systemic issues if the turnover rate's that high. Yeah, and I think that the vibes seem high with the team. It doesn't seem like the wheels have come off. They've been fighting. They've At no point does it feel like they've completely let go of the rope. It doesn't feel like it was last year where player leaves mid-season only having seven available players most of the season. Yeah, they were super thin last year. I mean, they're thin this year, but they they almost couldn't feel the team last year. They almost had to forfeit like TCU has been doing recently. Yeah, TCU had to forfeit a couple games. Against ranked opponents. Against ranked opponents had to uh, Have tryouts. open tryouts. Turns out they had three state champion uh, high school players um, uh, just going to school there. Brought them on as walk-ons. TCU is 15-7 right now. Yeah, they were also like 15-1 and one at one point. This is true. And like, that, that, hey, no one's perfect. Do you know who they have on that team? 
Yeah. Uh, Sedona, Sedona Prince. Sedona Prince. Speaking of Oregon transfers. And they also have the Cavender twins, I believe. Is it one or is it both? I think it's one of them. I think, I think it's, it's Haley. I think it's one of them. But I think it's one. <laughs> but hey. Um, yeah, I think that's what we're looking for. Um, and I think that uh, women's basketball is definitely that mode where it's more about talent development and talent retention than necessarily about wins and losses. I don't know how many of these freshmen or transfers are going to stay. Yeah, I, I, I hope that they get some minutes. I hope that they get some minutes. You are right. Um, TCU, by the way, they have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their last nine, two of which were forfeits. Um, which, oh my gosh, which means they were they were undefeated going into that stretch. Yeah. They were 14-0, and and then, sorry, they lost seven of their last eight, excuse me, soul win coming against UCF. That is just brutal. They, oh they have goodness. one of the volleyball players on their basketball team now. Oh. Double oh. athlete, though. Yeah, it's tough. She's, she's a 6'3 forward. <laughs> oh, my God. That's tough. Um, wow. We're just a couple minutes left. Uh, we'll wrap up women's basketball. Ben, what are your Super Bowl plans? Where are you watching it? What are you watching? My apartment, either on the TV or my computer, just depending on what else is. You watching the Nickelodeon broadcast? You watching the regular? (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not a kid. (laughs) Okay, I know I'm a kid compared to you, Levi. Hey, 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 hey. calm down, calm down. Quinn, where are you watching this? Do you have any plans? Well, I'm on the swim club here. We're planning to go to San Diego for the weekend for a meet. Oh, nice. We're supposed to get back in Eugene around four. I might just hit the hay, wake up, and check. (laughs) <laughs> Be like, let's see what happens. Like double overtime. Uh, <laughs> assuming that doesn't get canceled, because obviously San, San Diego's been getting dumped on. That's right. And there's lots of flooding and landslides. So far, I haven't heard anything. So fingers crossed. Yeah. But uh, so far, that's my plan. I respect that. I wanted to be rude with the Jerry Rice talk, being like, "Hey Levi, didn't you watch him live?" <laughs> Dude. Okay. Oh my speaking God. of, that exact joke was told at work today or yesterday. Um. We were listening to the Olive Garden playlist at work, which is just like Frank Sinatra hits, and I, I was like relaxing because we're at work. And one of the guys at work was like, "You know, Levi, Levi watched him perform live." Oh <laughs> my god, this is just disrespectful at this point. That, 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 that's just cold. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Rice was in. I mean, you could have actually because he was playing in Seattle in two thousand four. Well, yeah, because it was late. I remember it was late. Yeah, um, I didn't watch Jerry Rice live. Sorry to break it to you, um, but on that very insulting note we're gonna wrap up um <laughs> we're gonna wrap up here at kw it's been great having you guys for a wednesday edition make sure you tune in tomorrow uh at 6 p.m for another show also men's basketball not here on kw but they'll be playing 7 p.m at matthew arena tomorrow uh that's all we have for y'all levi berthold quinn huber uh, huber ben schoenfield uh, 30 seconds we're going to get back to your regularly scheduled programming and your DJ thank you for listening here on KWVA 88.1 FM KWVA KWVA, K-W-V-A.